And we're recording. Hey, man, how's it going? Hey, man, uh, it's going well, but I, I, I've moved. You've moved? I moved. Yes, I've been kicked out of the office where I used to, my, my setup used to reside, and now I'm in a six by six closet. Nice. Well, I'm, I'm looking at you in, in video chat right now, and it looks like I wouldn't have known that you moved unless you told me. Like, I see a, an American flag in the background. Yep, I put but- that up this morning, actually. Nice. Put up the American flag. It's actually really comfy. So I, I have no complaints because I kind of like it because I'm surrounded by walls. So, you know, sound doesn't really escape. I don't really get a whole lot of sound in when uh, Shane, you're going to be able to see this. But for the listeners, I like to code uh, in the dark oh. sometimes because I get to really focus and pretend I'm a hacker from a movie. Um, and so I'll do that. Uh, turn the light back on. Um and it's it's very comfy. It's very very comfy. I like it. It's a good setup, but it's six. different. Six by six. That's a, a pretty good size closet. It is a very good size closet. Like I have a fa- fairly large desk in here, and I was able to get my gaming chair, and I still have plenty of room. Oh wow! Because yeah, you just went back several feet. Like, I went oh wow! Back a good bit. So it's 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 a good size closet for sure. It can it can be used as an office with no complaints from me. It gets a little stuffy beyond that. You know, I'm good to go. Yeah, I got to figure out some way to circulate your air. Yeah, once nice. I have that, all my problems my problems have been settled. So, but it's great. I love it. I like it. And I'm going to be really close to the baby too. So if she starts crying, I come pick her up. Oh, that'd be good. Yeah, bring in there, let her hear this the soothing tapping noises of of a developer making apps. Not really. You'll be trying, really to trying to solve solve problems and bugs and all that stuff. Debugging. How's this quarantine treating you, man? It is, uh, it's kind of like it was before, except it feels like Christmas day every day. Like we don't even try to, to dress up anymore. We just wear pajamas all day. We, uh, yeah, it, it, that's pretty much the only change. Um, anytime we get groceries or something, we have it all delivered to the garage and then we'll let quarantine stuff out there for a couple of days. And then we'll like wipe it all down with Lysol and things, unless it's like a frozen or cold stuff mm-hmm. that we have to bring into the house real quick. And then we like, we douse those and all kinds of stuff and we bring them in. But I was reading something the other day and it was um, like one of the doctors in New York. Um, he was a, like a lung doctor and I can't pronounce like what he was, what, like what it's called it pulmonologist. I don't know. He's <laughs> a lung doctor. And lung he was, doctor. He, he, the stuff he was saying was really simple. Like he, this is a video that he was, uh, Uh, sending to his friends and family. So he's just breaking it down. And he said that like, for most cases, you're going to get the virus by touching something or, you know, touching something that has the virus on it and then touching your face because you touch your face constantly. Like I just looked at you and you just touched your face and you're doing it again. Yeah. Yeah. See, I'm just just like messing around with my neck because I shaved earlier. Yeah, exactly. So you're just constantly touching your face or your eyes or your eyebrows or your just ever just touching it. Constantly touching your face. And that's what, that's one way that you get it. So if you wash your hands, that helps get that off there. He was saying like, if you go into the elevator, you don't have to, you know, use a, uh, a stick to hit the buttons. You can hit the buttons with your finger. Just wash your hands whenever you get to your location and Mm -hmm. don't touch your face along the path. Um, then he was talking about if you're in a room with somebody with COVID for 
you know, 30 minutes to a couple hours, then you, you probably will get it. So you just don't want to be in the same room and have them breathing on you. But if I walk past you, I'm not going to get it. You need more of the virus. You can't like one individual virus will not get you. You need enough of them. There's like some number Mm -hmm. that once you have that many or more, you know, it it starts to, to, uh, to hit you. So that was kind of nice. Um, didn't affect how, or didn't change anything about what we're doing. We're still just going to be hermits, just living here in the house until internet goes out or power goes out or water goes out. And uh, then we're in trouble. (laughs) Yeah. And I I started like not panicking, but I started like really thinking about it. I'm like, Megan, we need some more groceries. Like we need, we need more stuff. And she's like, okay, I'll order it on Costco. Uh, So within an hour, she had everything in the cart on the, the online cart and she hit buy and, you know, for delivery. And she said, okay, they'll deliver it by Wednesday. Mm-hmm. About five minutes later, it said, Daniel is shopping for your order. And then like 30 minutes later, Daniel's at our door with all of our groceries. I did not expect like less than an hour turnaround time for Costco. Yeah, definitely not. Right now. It was crazy. But yeah, it was, it, we tipped him online so we didn't have to touch him or do anything in person. And he was the same. So he would just kind of like bring stuff out of his car and put it on our porch. And we just wave from a distance. And then Megan went out there and, and brought everything into the our garage, like a quarantine area, wiped everything down. And, and we went from there. But it was nice getting stuff really quick. Um, we're seeing our neighbors more than ever. Well, from a distance, you can kind of wave. But everybody's going outside. It's super pretty here. Oh, right sure. Now. So I'm that's sure. kind of nice. pretty here right now as well. We got like a nice little cool front uh, this morning. It was like 45 degrees, got into the sixties. It's really pretty out here as well. And I had the window open this morning. You can hear the birds and you could just yeah. smell it. It's just nice. You're not going to have that from your, your closet, but um, no, that's true. <laughs> but I've noticed that if anything, this, this quarantine has made me appreciate the outdoors more. Like last, last week we talked about how Jenny and I were playing Pokemon go and, we would just go outside around six, seven o'clock. And like, we've seen sunsets. Yeah. Like we, we wouldn't have done that before. We probably wouldn't have thought about, it. we'd be inside watching TV, but now it's like, we're tired of being inside. We're inside all the time. So we're trying <laughs> to get out and go and do things. Um, and so because of that, we're just seeing, you know, we're, we're just seeing the world from with new eyes. It's fresh and it's really enjoyable. I, I'm, I'm liking it. I, I think the other thing that I think about, with this quarantine is when you go and see someone. So reason why is that we have had family members who, you know, know that this baby is coming soon and they're like, we have some stuff we need to give to you Mm -hmm. because you know, otherwise your baby's not going to have any clothes. (laughs) It's like, okay, well that's an exaggeration, but yes, we do. We do definitely need clothes. So we go and, you know, we've gone to go and pick those up, but I'm thinking the entire time, how many people have you seen or touched and how many of those people, how many different people have those people seen or touched? Like what is the spread, you know, and it quickly expands very fast. So I just don't want to, I I just want to turtle myself into my house. And then that makes me afraid. (laughs) If you ever play a video game where they simulate this type of spread, like there's one of them called plague Inc. And so it's like like this mobile game and it like shows people on a map. And as they travel around, um, it's really fascinating. But mm-hmm. what we have for the first time in history is we have a internet connected device with location data attached to every single person, roughly. So you're able to do contact tracking through cell phone companies 
if you get the virus, you just, just look, where does your cell phone go in the last 72 hours? And then every other cell phone that was within, you know, so many feet, where do they go? And then you could get this, this, uh, social graph of a couple thousand people. If you test all of those with, uh, you know, these little five minute tests, you can narrow down and, and really stop this thing in its tracks. We just need tests that take five minutes or less and right. we just need them distributed everywhere. But I can imagine um, if, if I could take a test and in five minutes, no, I'm, I'm negative or positive. You sit in the car, you and your wife take the test. Whoever you're meeting takes the test. You're, you're all negative. You go have your barbecue. Yeah, true. That's all you got to do. We just got to yeah. get these tests really cheap. But we ha- yeah, they have to be cheap and they have to be fast. And that's what we're we're waiting on. And also, like, you don't want to test someone and it come up negative because it's too early in the process. It would have to be able to catch stuff early. Yes, it has to be able to be accurate. A- accurate and cheap and, yeah. Which, yeah. I guess, that's what we, what we want for everything. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> accurate, cheap, and fast. Yeah. I That's was what we want. looking yesterday and apparently there are like over 40 different vaccines in development. And they're just really? a bunch of different ways you can try to do this. Are you going to go in through you know, antibodies and or plasma or, you know, how are you going to do this? Um, it's just really fascinating. Like, but people thinking outside the box or, you know, like, so what this you- is for the coronavirus. Yeah. For, the, wow, for this specific strain. Yeah. That is a lot. And we've had, you know, other types of viruses in the past. So if you, you know, you just work on the shoulders of giants. True. But who are these people doing it? Because I keep talking about or keep hearing about they. Is it like four people that, that, and the people you see in all these stock photos, it's these really attractive people wearing a face mask and they're all like hunkering around a computer or a microscope and they're all like pointing and there's a chart. But what... What is it really like? Yeah, what is it really like? Because I feel like, so when I was a kid, I always wanted to be, you know, kind of funny, but I wanted to be a video game developer. But I had no idea what that meant. I didn't, I didn't know what that meant at all. I just knew that I wanted to make video games. And so for some reason, I always imagined that for each disc, they were like actually taking something and under a microscope, like putting it into the <sighs> CD. You know, oh, and this wow. is like four or five year old me just thinking this is how video games are made. They just put little things inside of a disc to to make the oh. disc, and then they put it in. The, you know, uh, and, and I feel like <laughs> my knowledge of how a, a a vaccine is made is about that much. You yeah. know, like when I think of people making a vaccine, what's in my head is nowhere near what it is like in reality. Because I think of, you know, like you said, the stock images, people doing something, something with a microscope and they pour some science stuff inside of a vial and there's bam. a beaker. Um, yeah. they get, there's like unicorn blood it, or, or like, I go, maybe like a witchcraft. Like I, I go in between these two, like there's like a cauldron and they're throwing in yep. stuff like giant's hair and yeah, yep. just weird stuff. But yeah, reality, they're like, I don't know heating up a specific compound and they know that once you heat it up, that helium will rise to the top and then they can siphon off the helium. Then they can do, I don't even know science. They do science stuff. All all I know is that at the end of the day, my puppy is getting plenty of attention because we're, we're at home. We watch TV and we go outside and puppy can go everywhere. So, so she's having a good time. You mentioned puppy. We are having puppy news as well. 
Really? Um, yes, we we sent our deposit in. Or we mailed it today for our first puppy. Uh, Megan is very allergic to uh, cat, all cats and dogs, ah. so that limits the types of pets we can get. So we we found a breed that we like, the Havanese. Yeah, it's a, a dog breed from Cuba. There and you go. They're hyperallergenic, and they're about as they're about eleven to twenty four inches in length. And we're, our goal is to get one about eleven to twelve inches. That would be awesome. We don't really care about the color, but this is, this will be a tiny little toy oh. dog, and it'll be like a little puppy forever for Megan and the girls, and they're excited. And Megan has just Super been tiny. grinding as far as like uh going through all of the her due diligence and looking up insurance and looking up all the thing like what are you supposed to put on the 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 uh the tag on the collar and apparently mm. like we're being recommended to write the words uh needs medication and then her phone number don't put their name don't put anything else and so you you know you don't want whoever found it to start calling the puppy by that by their name and keep it or something but um, gotcha. Didn't she, never thought about that. She found the, the the breeder and like this will be a show of like what's called a show dog, but this will be like the puppy variant. So I guess they're breeding it for puppies to to sell, not necessarily to breed. Gotcha. Um, so we will be re- responsible to neuter or spade the the puppy and and like we have to sign a contract and oh my really? goodness, wow, that's an, an intense process compared to how I've. I've had dogs. <laughs> they are interviewing us. They are. Wow. Like, get all of the puppy. They won't even let us like see the puppies until they have the litter. And then like six or seven weeks after they're born, they're going to do some temperament tests to figure out which puppies are balanced with which family. So if there's a family that's really energetic and outgoing and busy, their puppy can be a little bit uh, more excited. If you have a very calm and quiet family, they would be much better paired with a, a, a calmer, quieter puppy. Yeah. It's like, what? This is a thing? Like, growing up, it's like, that's my dog. I, I'll take that dog. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're my dog now. And then there was none of this. Oh, my god! Interview process. That's hilarious. Because, yeah, that's how the process has been for me, where it's just like, uh, Jenny has a dog. And her name is Sam. She's our dog now. Um, and she is a, a lab boxer mix and Jenny, I think got her when she was 17 or 18. So Sam's about seven now. And Sam was a, from the pound and Jenny went and she was like, I like that puppy. And she, I think she had to pay like a $20 processing fee for puppy. <laughs> and she was our dog from then on. <laughs> yep. Oh, and like part of this agreement is we have to, to, to sign a contract saying we're not going to breed the dog that if we ever want to, or if we ever need to return the dog or transfer the dog, and it's not going to a family member that we contact the breeder and let them know the address of where it's going. And we, and at any point, if we have to get rid of the puppy, we return it to the breeder. Like, are are you sure you're not leasing this dog? I don't even know. (laughs) What is going on? It sounds like an AT&T contract, but for a puppy. It is. Like, are we allowed to even name the dog? Yeah, I have so many questions. What in the world? Yeah, we we got to Skype with him every... No, (laughs) No, it's it's not that bad, but it's... Man, I'm reading this contract. I'm like, okay. That's still really wild. I've never heard of a contract like that for a dog, though. Wow. This... Wow. Okay. We were, and, and I've already been given one chore, which is like the pooper scooper job. Like that was, uh, was not optional and it was hinted at and made very clear in this whole process 
within like the first five minutes, like we're going to get a dog. Shane, you're going to be the pooper scooper. There you go. Well, pro tip, mowing the lawn does effectively the same thing. (laughs) (laughs) He's going to have, wash those wiper blades occasionally. Wash the wiper blades occasionally. You'll be fine. Oh my gosh. Anyway, that sounds like a country. That sounds like a, like something you'd hear out of a country song almost. It's just like, you know, it's a very, well, maybe it's not something you hear in a country song, but it's very country tip though. <laughs> just mowing it. Just just mow it and then just wipe your blades off later. Cause you got, you better take care of your John Deere. No kidding. Like my problem in Colorado is things don't uh, like biodegrade or like go away very quickly here. Like we live in, in Colorado Springs, it's kind of like a desert. And, you know, if I put uh, a lime in the backyard or a, a slice of lime, mm-hmm. it might stay there all winter. Like really bugs are not eating it or, or I'm doing it wrong. Maybe, <laughs> maybe that wasn't a lime, but it, just, <laughs> it doesn't feel like stuff biodegrades or, or goes away very quickly here. It takes a lot longer uh, in Oklahoma. Oh my goodness. You throw a lime out there. It's maybe an animal's eating it. I don't know. But like, it's it's so dry. Yeah. In Colorado, it's very dry. But uh, anyway, no, that's the update. We're getting a puppy. There you go, man. I have uh, some follow-up from the last episode. Let's talk about it. What you got? First one was uh, I've been playing around with the iPad and the mouse a little bit more. And a couple uh, apps updated recently that let you uh, connect to the computer and remote desktop or share the screen of your laptop. So I'm able to have the iPad and a mouse and a keyboard, and I'm able to connect to my MacBook in a different room or state or wherever. And I can see its screen on my iPad and I can use the mouse and it felt good. It it felt accurate. It didn't, I tried this before and it was always clunky. This was legit. This was fast. It was, it was really nice. Um, I tried playing a game like a first person shooter that doesn't work because it doesn't do relative mouse movements. Yeah. If you went full screen, but reg- like regular clicking around and coding, I loaded X code. I loaded web pages. I scrolled, I selected text, moved it around. All felt great. So that's all. That's amazing. That's really good. So do you feel like you can get actual work done with it if you needed to? Yes. I need a bigger iPad though. Immediately. The iPad mini is too small for this scenario. Yeah. Uh, the iPad 11 is, just too, is still too small as well. The 12.9 is it. Okay. The 12.9 that was released a couple weeks ago from the teardowns, it appears that the new 12.9 is using the same processor. The previous 12.9 had, I think it was, it was either six or eight cores. I might be wrong, but one of the, the cores in the processor was turned off. And in the, the new uh, iPad, that core is enabled, but it's the same processor. And they're, the core that they enable, they're using it for graphics. So my conspiracy theory is when the first ones launched, they had the hardware in there, but they weren't ready to use it yet. Were they planning to wait a little bit and release, re, you know, re-release the same processor so they wanted to have some headroom? Or were the, the processors that they were building where the, was the failure rate high enough that, or, and they couldn't bend it right. So they had to, um, they had some processors, processors that would work and all the cores would be okay, but some of them were not as good. So they just decided across the board, we're going to just ship you know, one fewer cores 
and the, the other core, if it works or not, we don't care. Or, you know, if any of the cores in the, the combination aren't working. So mm-hmm. is that the problem or were they, you know, foreseeing this future where we're going to have a LIDAR chip in there and maybe they wanted to release it last year or two years ago and they couldn't. So they just left headroom on there and now they're taking advantage of it. So I don't know, but it's the new iPad that was just released. Same processor as the one from two years ago. That's, that's very interesting. I don't really, I, I didn't know that was a thing. And I, I can't imagine why they would do that either. That is very, very strange. Um, the other thing is um, two years ago, if you got the, the iPad with a terabyte of space, it would have mm-hmm. six gig of RAM. All of the other iPads had four gig of RAM. This new generation, all of them have six gig of RAM across the board. So that's interesting too. So if you did get the new one today, you are going to have more RAM probably than unless you spent like 1500 to get the, the maxed out one from two years ago. Right. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. Which speaking of, um, my dad asked, um, a family member of mine if they could take his laptop to their house to upgrade his operating system because my parents live out in the country, have satellite mm-hmm. internet. Yeah. Can't really download, you know, a large operating system. So I sh- got curious and started talking to my dad and I was like, well, you know, which computer is this? He was like my MacBook pro. I was like, how old is it again? He said, 2011. Oh, <laughs> I had machines from like, that generation. His still oh, works. His still, it still works. He said that it's very, very slow and he's hoping yeah. that the operating system will fix it. And I was like, well, which one are you running? He's like, I don't know. And one of my sister's, I talked to one of them after, and I think they said that he was on he was on Mavericks. Oh, that operating system. You're not putting Linux or Windows. You're just upgrade, upgrading the upgrading, Mac. Upgrading Mac okay. OS. I don't think that High Sierra or what are we on now? Mojave? Which one are we on? I can't remember. Oh, Cap- no, Catalina. Cal- Catalina. <laughs> I don't think Catalina is going to be installed on 2011. <laughs> I failed. Okay. It's okay. I failed that too. Um, so he, he, we started talking because – He's, uh, I, I was basically saying, dad, I don't think you're doing anything with a 2011, like a 2011. That's that, that computer's almost 10 years old. Yeah. We got to start looking for you for something else. It was like, well, how much, how much was your Mac? Just, you know, out of curiosity, I was like, well, I have the 16 inch MacBook pro and these start at what? $2,400, you know? And he flipped and I was like, well, they have the MacBook air for, you know, like a thousand dollars, but hear me out. Maybe you don't need a Mac. Maybe you don't at all. Let's talk about these iPads. Oh. I was like, with everything that you're doing, and you're doing a lot of, you know, you look at photos a lot. Yeah. You do a lot of document editing. Yeah. You do your banking. Yeah. You do your web browsing. Yep. And occasionally you read stuff. Microsoft Word. Microsoft Word. You do Bible studies. Dad, you can do this on an iPad. Yeah. You 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 don't need a full flesh computer. And the thing is, if you don't want to pay... You know, a thousand bucks, even for a Mac, you know, you didn't want to go with a MacBook Air. Windows has gotten way better yeah. and you can get way cheaper laptops if if you just wanted something, you know, just if you wanted that laptop form factor. So you, are you suggesting to him that he gets both an iPad and a cheap Mm-mm. Windows laptop? I'm suggesting that he either get a cheaper Windows laptop because he doesn't need he doesn't need a truck. Okay. Okay. So if he doesn't want an iPad, just get a Windows PC because you don't really need to spend that much on on the Mac because Windows has gotten so much better. But if you want to stay in that Apple ecosystem, give that iPad a serious look because it's so nice. 
And I don't think that you need full Mac OS for what he's doing. I think that he just, I think he could get away with iPad OS and be completely fine. Interesting. And that's the first time I've been able to say that to my parents. Well, and it does mouse now. Like it is in June. And he asked about that. I told him, yeah, you get mouse and keyboard support as well. When iOS 14 comes out, like there's an opportunity here to make this thing a surface killer. Yeah. Oh man. There's a, a patent that went through or not went through, but it was filed that had an, it looked like an iPad that was sideways with face ID at the top. So it would be just like a surface tablet. And if they switch the iPad to start being landscape as the default orientation, then yeah, surface had it right years ago. Yeah. Well, that's just true. Like Microsoft always does, but you know, <laughs> it just wasn't as polished. Yeah, it's pretty much. But see, whenever I had an iPad, um, I don't have one anymore. I always used it in landscape. I prefer using a landscape over portrait 90% of the time. I, unless I'm reading or looking at social media, I keep it in landscape. I use it in portrait. If I hold it, I use it in landscape. If it's on something or on a stand. Yeah. But whenever I hold a surface tablet in portrait, it's 16 by nine ratio. So it's really tall and it just feels weird in portrait. Hmm. Interesting. Oh, yeah, I think that, uh, the fact that we've gotten to a point where I can recommend an iPad to someone who is not a software developer but still a computer user and have that be their their main driver, that says something. I can't yeah. wait to be next. I can't wait to be next. <laughs> it's you I we're getting so close. Like I'm playing around with Xcode on this this iPad using the mouse and I'm able to click on things as precise enough. I'm able to click on it, do Xcode through remote desktop. Remote yeah. desktop. But regardless, I'm able to click through. It's precise enough. So if I had a really beefy computer at home and a fast internet connection and LTE or something on this device, I could just be anywhere and do it. My only problem with with programming on it now would be how do I get the build and test it on an iPhone or another iPad? That's something a little bit trickier. Maybe with a VPN, I could do some stuff. I mean, USB, Lightning to USB-C, you just hook up the iPhone to the iPad. If if they supported it, but if yeah. I just went from today, oh, got one I of these iPads, remote desktop to a laptop that's at my yeah. house. Yeah. Well, I'm just quarantined. Doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> True. We'll, we'll see what's happening soon. Okay, country see, music. I, oh well, yeah, country music. But also, I think that I think that we're gonna see a, a kind of an experiment that Apple's going to try with the uh, Xcode on the iPad. I think that what they're going to do first is they're going to release an Xcode client for the iPad that you also have an Xcode server running on a Mac Mm -hmm. that handles all the compiling, you know, before we get a full blown Xcode on an iPad, we're going to see that. Yes, you can edit. Maybe you can even compile across the internet in sense of like you working on a repository that's stored in iCloud mm-hmm. and you say compile and then it compiles either on an Apple machine or like on your computer at home. I don't think we're going to be seeing compiling happening or d- like lots of dev tools happening on the iPad with the first go round. Definitely not going to see web development first. It would start with iOS development. I think it would look something like that before we see a full fledged Xcode on the iPad. That's fair. I can see, I can see that. Yeah. Then they can dip their toes in the water before they like go like jump in with that. Test the interface, um, test the density without worrying about getting all that back end stuff working. I like it. Yeah. 
Okay. So, yeah. Now, so yeah, country music. I want to hear about how you know. Are you still listening to it? Do you have any recommendations? What What are your thoughts? Dylan Scott. He's he's my guy right now. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Just oh, it's good stuff. You sent me a recommendation the other day. Yes, I did. And let's see if I, it's Brad Paisley it's alive Brad Paisley. right now. Yes. And he was just talking about like tech stuff. Yeah. It, it was awesome. But yeah, we'll link that in the show notes. That I found good. another one today off of the deluxe version of his album called Wheelhouse. It's called Facebook Friends. And it was <laughs> kind of similar. Referenced Amazon, Facebook, and all that. I thought that was kind of funny, too. He has a, quite a few songs that have a lot of levels of meaning and still you know, will reference things from their modern, modern times, kind of like that. Um, so, yeah, man, I love Brad Paisley. Uh, Brad Paisley and Eric Church are who I've been listening to. But I'm going to give Dylan Scott a chance. I have never listened to any of his stuff before. Okay. After this podcast... Let's jump on to some type of video streaming, some safe, open source video streaming technology and share some songs. All right. Cool. That sounds like a plan. I like this. Cool. Okay. Um, I want to add a new little segment to the podcast. All right. Every week or whenever things, uh, new notable apps are, you know, are released or announced, I want to take it just a couple minutes in the podcast and talk about them. And there are two of them right now that are really relevant to the quarantine and everything. The first one um, is Apple's new COVID app. Have you had a chance to play with that yet? I have, and I've even run myself through the test a couple times. Yeah. Um, what are your honest? <laughs> what are your honest and raw uh, first impressions and feedback? A key word here would be rushed. I feel like I feel like they just ran into a room, grabbed a couple developers, and are like, here, this is what we're going to build. They grabbed a designer, and they're like, we have to get something out in like three days, and we don't have a whole lot of time, so y'all get to it. And they all just kind of looked at each other, nodded, and started to work, and this is what came out of it. Not to say that it's, 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 it's bad, per se. It's just that they didn't have a lot of time to to really, really polish it. They had to get something out. They had to get something out fast. And considering how fast they got it out, it's not that bad. But it leaves a lot to be desired and does not look that good. I'm sorry. Okay. But I didn't expect... I didn't expect Overcast out of this. <laughs> I, I didn't expect, you know, the music app or any any good app. I didn't expect Dark Sky, which we should talk about as well. Um, I didn't expect a great application to come out of something like this because the temporary situation is something they had to do really quickly. But yeah, it's not great. Okay, TJ. Oh man. Okay, this app is Apple's. Uh, they work with the seed, the United States CDC on this, and this is the app that you're going to use to help you figure out if you need to go to the hospital based on um, the different symptoms that you have. This entire app could have been a GIF or a meme image. It doesn't, or a PDF, or just even a picture. It doesn't need to be an app. Basically, when you you turn it on, it says, Are, "Do you have trouble breathing? And have you been exposed to people with COVID?" If you say yes, it says call nine one one. If you say no, it says wash your hands and social distance. Yeah, and <laughs> in, 
that's like, why is this an app? I don't, and it's not like, oh man. Also, do we just not care about Android users or did Google make one? Well, the the president mentioned this one specifically in one of his press conferences the other day that Apple has a new uh, app for the COVID virus to help you, you know, determine your symptoms and if you need to, to uh, be treated. And it's for your iPhone. He did not mention Android. He did not mention. But, you know, several weeks ago, he also said Google was going to make a website for the, the, the COVID stuff. But, man, what tech companies, what are you doing right now? Yeah. You have an opportunity. Like, what I was expecting was, or what I was hoping, is you, you open up the phone. It has a camera. It's looking at you. It's able to detect, like, if you're coughing, it's able to hear it and analyze it and figure out. Is that a you know what what they call a dry cough or you know or you could just uh, get connected to a doctor like but more than just do you have COVID yes or no yes go to the doctor no stay away from people like yeah that's all it was I could have built that app like give me give me a few hours I feel like we could have built it no kidding oh man so there's another app that I'm liking. Um, the COVID-19 tracker app. Uh, it's a very uh, direct name, but mm-hmm. this one is like that uh, John Hopkins map that everybody's been showing that um, shows a map of the United States and then the numbers of, of how many people have it in, in the areas and then how many people have recovered. It's just yeah. a really a really good one on the iPhone. I open it up uh, you know, every time that I want to feel good. <laughs> I ish, don't know. Good-ish. I, yeah, I'm opening it up way too much. I, I just... Like we're about to hit a million people and yeah, it's fascinating because I don't think everybody that has it is, is tracked. I think until we get those five minute tests, uh, we're not going to have accurate numbers, but it is watching exponential numbers increase is fascinating. It's not good. It's terrible, but it is fascinating seeing numbers go from one to 1000 over a week or two and then going from 800,000 to a million in like yeah. 24 hours. Like then I can't fathom those numbers and I can't even imagine that those are all people that just. It's sad, man. I, sad. I, and I find it, it is crazy. Like you said, I remember when here in Louisiana find, seeing, you know, on the news that we had the first two presumed positive test cases of coronavirus, you know, that was I don't I don't even remember what was that a month ago I can't remember time is just kind of <laughs> yeah. like all flowing it's together weird. and now we have six thousand four hundred twenty four cases which is like as many as, long. as California yeah it didn't take long wow two hundred seventy three deaths like with such short amount of time and, so uh, it is interesting to watch it and to track it and see what's happening but I definitely don't think that we've hit the worst of it yet no the curve has not flattened. And it, I mean, it, we just don't know because every single day, if the curve is is what they're showing, where it's a bell curve, where you once you get up to the, the the max, it takes just as much time to go back down. Then that means every single day could be the halfway point. And oh. today is our halfway point. If tomorrow's lower, if it's not, then tomorrow's the halfway point, and we keep that going. So we're only halfway through it. Or more. <laughs> yeah. I, and, and the thing is, it's like, I don't want to complain because I, I'm not sick. You're not sick. I don't know anyone who is, you know, but at the same That's time, true. it's like, you know, 
when is this going to be over at the same time? Cause it's like, but yeah, at the same time, just being thankful because so far, you know, no one I know and myself, like we're healthy and I wanted to stay that way. Yeah. But, um, yeah, at, at the same time, I don't want anybody else to be getting this cause this is not good. Um, okay. Um, some different news, maybe, um, Apple purchased, the company called dark sky, which makes a really good weather app. They've been Mm -hmm. one of my favorite weather apps for probably five or six years. Now this app is very accurate and you'll get a a push notification if it's about to rain or snow wherever you're at. And it's just constantly tracking where you're at and then the weather and it lets you know, and it'll say it's going to rain for in 13 minutes. It will rain for 42 minutes or something, you know, it gives mm-hmm. you tries to give you give you numbers. It might not be wrong, but it's trying. Uh, it's just really cool. It looks pretty. It, it functions really well. Never had any issues with it. Apple just purchased them and then immediately uh, disabled the Android app. And but they did promise that they're going to keep the API. So if in my app I had used the Dark Sky API to add weather support for my own app, I will still be able to do, able to connect and and get those services and get that data for two years, I think until the end of 2021. Mm-hmm. But after that, it's not, it's not uh, mentioned. And I have a lot of thoughts on this. Let's hear them because yeah. I'm, I've been a dark sky user for a long time. Um, and I was kind of surprised to hear that Apple acquired them. I did not know that they were shutting down the Android app immediately. I find that really funny and very Apple like, um, but yeah, let's hear your thoughts. I think Apple could do some amazing stuff with Dark Sky. Now, okay, let's, let's just conspiracy theory here. They just released iPads with LiDAR. So LiDAR is that technology where you, you see this in movies where like it scans the room and it makes a grid or a, a mesh of the room and, and like figures out where, where everything is. So if you like look at a, a room it like puts a grid over where the chair is or where the floor is or where the table is. And we'll put a picture of this in the show notes, but I am imagining like Terminator vision or something where it's like scanning the room, looking for people, looking for stuff. Your iPad can now do this. It can, when your iPad looks in a room, it knows that that wall is four feet away and that this can of pop is two feet away. If I put something behind the can of pop, it knows how far away that is. And it's created a 3d game or a 3d world in its memory. And so if I'm wanting to use something in augmented reality, if I want to create a virtual um, toy that I'm putting on a table, it knows that there's a table there. It knows that the surface is flat and it knows that the pop can is two feet away. If I put my virtual toy three feet away or, you know, just behind the pop can, it's able to cut out part of that 3d image so that whoever's looking at the iPad, it looks like, the toy is sitting there behind the pop can. So previously in AR, and this is a very difficult problem to solve, but previously you would put that toy on the virtual table, but it would just be on top. It was like, if you're looking at a video and you put a, a watermark or just a, just another picture on top of it, that's how AR looked before, but now it's blurring. So when you look at something through this iPad with LiDAR, it feels and it looks like this virtual things are mixed in with it. So I think, I think Apple's going to do those glasses. I think iOS 13 has been a little rougher than we wanted. 
there has been issues the entire um, the entire release cycle. I think Apple's best developers are working on these glasses. They're working on something the next big thing. If I can get glasses with LiDAR, so I look in a room and it knows where everything is. It knows where um, you know things are on my desk or in the room. It knows all the stuff. If I mix that with Apple Maps, the, the mapping stuff that they've been working on for you know a decade, if I mix that with very accurate weather and I start mixing that technology with self-driving cars, I think this is all going to roll into this world where all of these devices are going to talk to each other and it's going to, Apple's going to have this virtual version of our world all the time. It's going to have this mapped out area where they're able to drive cars, where you're able to um, create and show someone something virtually and put it on their table. And whenever I walk into the room with them, I'm able to see it there, even though they added it because we're all sharing this virtual meshed out world. And then you're mixing weather with that. Weather is very difficult for self-driving car because a car, if it uses cameras or LIDAR or something, and it tries to look through rain to see what's on the other side of it, it gets uh, the light and everything gets diffracted by the rain droplets. So you just see white noise everywhere. So I think there's a lot you can do with weather. A lot you can do with weather. And Apple, I want them to spend their time on the glasses. I don't want them to spend their time on the weather. Um, <laughs> I dug into Dark Sky. Dark Sky just gets its data from a bunch of different sources across the uh, world. Like the United States has several um, data sets that they're, they're, the, the taxpayers are paying for. It's constantly updated with radar information. Other countries have the same thing. Dark Sky takes all of those and then normalizes the data and then lets developers or their own app use one single call to get data for a region, regardless if if half of it's coming from a European weather uh, company and or a, a group and the other parts coming from you know, a United States organization. So it's, it's cool stuff. But mm-hmm. I think bigger picture, this is all for this, this Apple virtual world that they're trying to build or I would like to see it being built. Conspiracy theory, done. <laughs> I don't know what to think of it. So I, I'm probably in the minority here, but I never thought that Dark Sky was that pretty. Um, you didn't? Have you used no, the regular Apple weather app? Mm-hmm. It's terrible. It's, it's really good. not good. But the the Yahoo weather app is very pretty. You know, I feel like the dark sky, it just had, it was almost too data heavy. You know, mm, okay. um, that's fair. lots of text, not enough visual. Um, I feel like they could have added a little bit more visual, but it was a great app. Don't get me wrong. I still would install it with every new device that I would get because I loved being able to see what was going on with the weather and didn't really care about the looks. But if I, w- if I was just getting up in the morning and wanted to see, like, say, like, what clothes do I want to wear? Do I want to wear jeans or do I want to wear shorts or whatever? I would just oh, use the Apple weather wow. app. Okay. Conspiracy theory back on. What if you mix this with, with maps so that I say, I want to drive from Colorado Springs to Oklahoma. Map it out for me. It says, okay, I know that your car has these tires, so you're not going to be good on snow. I know it's just snowed in Kansas between these two spots. Let's reroute you so that you're not going to hit those snowy or rainy areas and reroute you through New Mexico or reroute you you know, some other way. There's a lot you can do with weather if it's built in with the um, operating system. The other cool thing is something with HomeKit. 
if I'm able to do things with scenes or my sprinkler system, or I can do things with other uh, smart parts of my house based on the weather, or it knows it's going to snow tomorrow, start, you know, turn my thermos or my uh, thermostat, you know, increase the heat tonight at three o'clock in the morning to you mm-hmm. know, level out or, you know, just little things that it can do when you start mixing all these things together. It just gets me excited. Yeah. And well, then a lot as of a developer, you know, weather. I can't, in, you know, I might not be able to include the weather in my app anymore, or I could just use what they're doing and just go straight to the sources and somebody else will fill this niche. Like this is, um, this, this will be okay. What scared some people was IBM purchased the weather channel and I think AccuWeather. So mm-hmm. IBM is doing a big weather play and Apple, um, had in the past had used parts from the weather channel and from, um, um, Yahoo to get their weather. So I wonder if this is a defensive play as well. Interesting. I had not thought about the fact that IBM does own weather.com. Hmm. This is interesting. All right. Well, I'm going to be thinking about this. I'm fascinated by, with weather to begin with and the, like the intersection of weather and ham radio. Um, so I, I want to think more about this and do a little bit of research because this, this could be the, the weather wars of tech. <laughs> See what happens. <laughs> okay. Um, working from home. Um, you got your new office. You got yes, all I set did. up. Yeah, we talked about that. Have you been doing any video calls with anybody? As few as possible. (laughs) Um, So with our company, we generally use Google Hangouts, um, which I I would prefer to use over Zoom um, for reasons that we are going to discuss. But we mainly do meetings out of Google Hangouts or through Skype. We'll just um, either just call someone super quick over, over Slack. Or, you know, just throw out a Hangout link through Google Calendars. And that's about it. How about y'all? What do y'all use? We use Zoom. We've started to use Slack a little bit just because it's in there and people haven't, like, I've always avoided Slack and and typically use Zoom. But um, for programming, um, we've been using Tuple, which I mentioned last week. Mm -hmm. That's a, a really cool one for programming. But for most people... Zoom tends to be it, but for the last, I don't know, month or so, you and I have been using my private cloud to do our video conferencing. And we're looking at each other yeah. right now on it. The video is crisp and there's ne- there hasn't been a single glitch since we started. Um, anything that we've heard that was a glitch was not from, it was audio or something. It was not from the video. This has been, been really stable and it has been for several weeks now. I'm, I'm really I'm really liking this, this private one, but I know that I can't get uh, buy-in from us, you know, from everybody else. Like, no, they will trust Skype or zoom or some of these bigger players. They're not going to trust my, my dinky little, <laughs> my dinky little private server, even though it is, it's working really good. It is um, working ex- exceptionally well. Like I kind of want to, like I've been talking about setting up on my server for such a long time and you just sit down and do it. I just haven't had the time lately. And then when people ask me, Hey, can I, can I get 10 minutes to just meet with you real quick? Like with work stuff, uh, just, just throw them a tjbarber.org link. Yeah. And you, you know? don't have to have any software installed with zoom. They're doing all this stuff to install software, but all of the browser makers have been working on this thing called WebRTC for uh, the last decade. It's here. WebRTC is awesome. You can use, mm-hmm. you can do video across live video streaming 
and audio recording over the internet without any, with that, you don't have to install flash. You don't have to install zoom. You don't have to install Skype. You just open a web page and hit go. And that's what you and I can do. Yeah. It's just awesome. The, the downside though is um, zoom is able to do some hardware acceleration to try to, um, well, there's a couple things that they can do that a browser can't do. Um, one of the things is, is desktop screen sharing. WebRTC isn't supported by every browser to do the desktop screen sharing yet, but once it is, like, it's going to, well, unless Zoom switches over to it, which they, they might. But, okay, let's talk about Zoom for a second. In the tech space, Zoom has, has popped up um, in a bunch of the, the hacker news websites and then, you know, a, a couple of the more mainstream tech news sites for sec- security vulnerabilities, and SpaceX, uh, Elon Musk just sent out a memo today saying that they're, you know, SpaceX is not allowed to use Zoom because they can't trust it. There's several things that have been happening. Have you had anything happen with you, TJ? I have not. Well, I haven't, I haven't used it. I couldn't tell you when. Um, I know our company bought a license to use it, the pro version, and I'm just avoiding it. And I will probably bring it up with our CTO you know, fairly soon um, just because, you know, I, I, I don't feel like we should be using it. I feel like. I more, I'm morally opposed to it. <laughs> <laughs> well, this, whenever you have the option to host your own and it works this well, like this really just takes the, the, the need. Well, I don't want to pay $50 or $25 per user per month when I could be doing this for the entire company for 50 bucks yeah, a month, or 10 bucks a month or something um, for a small, a small business. Um, but churches have been jumping onto zoom. And I had a friend who, uh, their church, um, was, I don't, I don't remember if it, if it was a regular, um, if it was like a small group or something, but, um, several of the members got together and, um, a hacker or somebody just randomly typed in the church's uh, meeting ID and joined, and then just started displaying some very inappropriate pictures and video during their, uh, their small group or, or you know, get together. So that was terrible. That's really bad. And with schools all switching over to try to do this e-learning stuff now, um, this could be really bad as well. Um, again, hosting your own, you, you have opportunity there too. Uh, on my server, I can, you know, block specific countries or specific regions. I can do you know, anything you want. If you have this, if you have a small little church and they they're hosting their own, you know, they could really lock things down, but they, pro- they might not have that tech person. So, that, that's definitely a downside. Yes, most definitely. Because uh, most of the time, they're just, you know, I've, I've worked with a few churches before to, like, work with web stuff, work with, you know, podcasts and whatnot. And, yeah, generally, they just don't have the technical resources to be able to set something like that up. And so they are kind of left, you know, to the disposal of companies like like Zoom or, or Google, you know, something like Google Hangouts, which uh, for a lot of the times, those work fine. And it's great. But sometimes they don't even have the know-how for those, you yeah, know, that's true. Um, for getting those set up. So, you know, it's, it's sad to see stuff like, like what happened with that small group happen. Um, but I would love to see, I, 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 I don't know, man. I really, if, if listeners have learned one thing from listening to us talk about this, I think that they learned that I value privacy a lot <laughs> <laughs> and zoom just doesn't respect that. And so, I'm not going to be using it anymore. Um, 
uh, one of our, our a mutual friend of ours, the 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 owner, if you will, of Cocoa Heads in Colorado Springs, the the organizer, was talking about doing a Zoom, and I I, I asked if we could not because I don't want to use Zoom. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. All right. Um. Let's let's switch it up a little bit. Okay. I've been thinking about food lately. <laughs> okay. We we've been doing this this whole thing where we'll get food and we'll leave it to part of the garage and then we'll spray it down or sanitize it. But what do you do with stuff like meat and you know stuff that has to go in the freezer right away? Well, we have to, you know, we, we do our best to sanitize it, but we don't leave it out there as well. Like if we have crackers or something, it could just stay in the garage for several days, then come in the house sanitized as well. And then, you know, everything's totally dead. But if I bring something in that, you know, was sneezed on 30 minutes ago and I bring it to the house, like, you know, it just, I'm just exposing myself just, just a little bit. But I started thinking about and reading about meat packers and in the environment um, where these meat packers work, they might be elbow to elbow. They are, you know, constantly working, you know, just feeding the United States is, is crazy. Like the, the work that they're doing is, is amazing, but they, they are all at risk. And then fortunately, if you, if a virus or something gets into the meat, you know, you cook it, you can kill it. So that's helpful. But just, just in general, like I'm not necessarily cooking my lettuce. Like that's not getting any warmer. <laughs> There's, <laughs> There's other things, but can you imagine a world where we get, or I have delivered a bunch of powder of some sort, proteins and fats and lipids, and, you know, I'll get all these things in tubs or containers delivered. And then I have a machine in my house that like a Keurig where I pick a little K cup of, you know, I want steak and I put that in there (laughs) and it takes the two or three ingredients from the little vats of lipids and proteins and things and creates my little impossible burger, my little plant-based um, fake meat. Um, it's it's gross looking at it, how you make it and thinking about it, but it can't be any grosser than like a slaughterhouse. And <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, but you know, getting yourself like, mm, I'm interested in a fillet today, you know, boneless of course. And, you know, or I want prime rib and, you know, you could do some cool stuff and all you do is you're tweaking a little bit of stuff and, and it comes out of your Keurig or the meat so, equipment. <laughs> so I have thoughts about this <laughs> um, because I am a, I mean, sorry folks, I'm a, I'm a class a number one meat eater, but I, I also have problems with how food is processed here in America. Um, I I think I th- I think it was last episode or the episode before Shane I told you that I'm getting my hunter education license, um, and hunters do a lot for you know the environment, helping protect you know different species and whatnot. So like I support that. Also love small farms. I grew up on one, so I have a soft spot for them. Grew up with fifty chickens. We had eggs every day. So I, there's a value to be had in actual real meat um, and not something that's processed. So I don't, I'll be honest with you, I don't love the idea, but at the same time, it would be kind of cool if we figured out how to do that and had a Keurig for all meat, but I don't know that it would, that it would be something that I would need every day. Hmm. Hmm. I'm going to think about this some more. Because like if I go to Mars, 
I'm not taking cows with me. That is true. And I'm going to want steak. If we took everybody in New York City and said, okay, you all go out in Louisiana into the, the farms and the country and just go for it. And there's going to be too many people. Like, you're not going to be able to have any. The, the, the wildlife will go away. It will. That is true. That's why we have the the, the the infrastructure that we have set up so that you're able to. It's it's gross, but, you know. I mean, it packing is. Packing all these it cows is. into the same area and then slaughtering them all. But we have a lot of wide open space here in the U.S. that a lot of people don't think about. Oh, that's true. We have a lot of it. <laughs> I'm driving from across Kansas and I'm driving. It's taken a while to go between these towns and in between them is just empty space. Absolutely if, nothing. <laughs> if I go out that direction or you know, perpendicular to the highway, 10 miles, it's more empty space and more, it's just, yeah, there's a lot of space. That's true. I have driven from, from Colorado to Louis. Well, no, I've driven from Louisiana to Colorado, I think two or three times and from Colorado to Virginia once and from Virginia to Louisiana twice. There is a whole lot of nothing between major yeah. spots on the map. That, that's true. That's true. You know, mm. so we just really like living in a condensed fashion. Yes. Well, it's, I want Amazon and I want yeah. stuff I mean, delivered con- right away and convenience. And it's, it's what it's our, the theme of the show or just the, we, we always see this these two things go against each other as we talk about stuff is convenience and privacy yeah. or like rights versus convenience. I guess you could say um, if you want one, you kind of have to give up another. You can't really have them both all the time. So it's finding that mix. And so I think that's what we've, we've kind of done in a lot of things and we do it in tech all the time, all the time. You know, like I was telling you know my dad about how he has all these photos on a hard drive Inside of a a desk drawer, mm-hmm. you know, private. Yeah, it's private, but it's not convenient. And those things could die. That that drive could could die any any day. Yeah, you know, um, it could be dropped. You know, if he wanted to access those photos, he has to find you know a computer that has an actual USB uh, connection, not USB C. It would have to be an actual USB, uh, you know, port. And you know, find find a way to open them. So it's it's not the most convenient thing in the world, but you know it's incredibly private. No one's ever going to find those pictures except for well, him. Uh, Great grandpa might have had stuff on a floppy drive, yeah, um, or you know, or tape backup or something. And in the moment, you're like, oh yeah, we'll have floppies forever. Well, we don't. Um, like today in my new environment, an iPad with USB-C and this new MacBook Pro with four USB-C, there's no USB-A ports anywhere. I have to have no. dongles now. And USB-A is like the standard. So like I'm already in a world where I have to have adapters to try to make that thing work. As CDs, I don't have a CD drive. I have to go dig one out of the garage um, next to all the COVID quarantine food. Um, like if he, if he has pictures saved on a CD, he's going to run into the same problem. So yeah. It's, hmm. and yet he gives up, you know, some some privacy by going with a you know cloud service, yeah, iCloud or, or Google Photos or Flickr, yeah. so Smug Mug. We do the same thing with meat, Shane. We give up privacy for the meat. Well, we give up. We give up the 
the healthier, you know, like oh. <laughs> actual, you know, okay. for convenience, yeah. you right. know, whatever chicken we, nuggets we, are. Right. Exactly. We're, we are trading, you know, a good actual cow that's lived a good life. We, we would rather have the, you know, processed meat because it's more convenient and that's not mm-hmm. necessarily wrong. It's just a choice that we make. That's true. Let's do our picks of the week. Okay. I got a new mouse. I have a problem, TJ. Okay. I like getting mice. Like I have a lot of them and Megan's been very, very patient. And (laughs) I, every two or three months, I got to get a different one. And I think I found my favorite one for this month. Okay. It is the Razer Basilisk X Hyperspeed. And so here's what I want. My MacBook has have been having trouble with, and for like the last three years, all my MacBooks have had trouble with Bluetooth mice. Okay. They work, and then suddenly, like things will um, disconnect temporarily, or it like lose tracking, or for some reason it won't work on the surface that I need, and I gotta have a mouse pad. I, just things, or the battery dies too quickly, or you know, there's always something, or they're not comfortable. Mm-hmm. And I think this mouse is it. Like this mouse. Is comfortable. Nice it, it's kind of like a gaming mouse, but there's it's the lighter weight version that doesn't have any of the glowing stuff. Yeah, it has just the right amount of buttons. The little mouse wheel is uh, clicky. Okay. Oh, nice. Okay. It's it's very lightweight. It's Bluetooth. It's powered. It's Bluetooth, or you could use the USB adapter. And the USB adapter is better than Bluetooth. It's faster, but it's nice to be able to have Bluetooth. Um, the other cool thing is there's a cover for the, the batteries and it's a magnet cover. So I just peeled this right off and it, it just let it go and it snaps right back in, but it takes a single double A. So nice. I don't have to worry about, um, keeping an extra cable with me or something. I can always get a double A or if I get a rechargeable double A, I could do that as well. Mm-hmm. TJ, they have double A batteries now that have a USB port on them. And really? You can- you can charge a double A this basically it's a lithium ion battery in the shape of a double A, but you can charge it with USB C or, or Lightning or micro USB. So if I put one of those in there, then I have the best of every world. I can yeah. in a pinch, I can use any double A, or I could use this rechargeable double A. That's wild. Actually, that should have been my no pick idea. of the week. Okay. <laughs> Okay. Anyway, mouse is awesome. That's amazing. I didn't Love know it. that they had had USB charged AA batteries. That's so cool. Okay, what's your pick, man? So my pick of the week is a Linux distribution of all things called Manjaro. Um, Manjaro is a very very pretty desktop Linux distribution, and the reason why I'm recommending it is because I've been on a on a crusade to make my raspberry Pi an actual desktop computer. Mm-hmm. And I'm doing that with experimenting with, you know, uh, solid state drives and, and mostly solid state drives, just trying to get the operating system to boot off of that. So it's fast. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have used Manjaro and compared to if, if anyone has ever you know used a raspberry Pi before, you probably know of Raspbian, which is not the prettiest thing in the world. And Ranjaro is very pretty and has a lot of third-party software, uh, lots of different graphical interfaces that you can install. It's basically just, if you like Linux and you have a Raspberry Pi and you want to play around, you should definitely check it out. That's all I'm going to say. Nice. 
All right, man. I think that's it. I think we, yeah. we hit everything. Yeah, this was this was a good one, man. I, I really enjoyed it. I I have still not found my Apple Watch yet. Podcasting is getting easier, but I would still say that's pretty hard. And hashtag cowboy. That's right. Hashtag the cowboy. <laughs> Good night, man. Good night, man. <laughs>